how many enjoyed Brother Austin last night. Amen. 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 We're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 13. 2 Kings 13. I'm just going to read a few verses to you. Man. I am very excited, very anxious at the same time for what the Lord has asked me to preach on tonight because we're going to confront some things, going to get rid of some things, and we're going to see some things revived. 2 Kings 13, verse 20, if you have that, say amen. If not, say oh no. Got a couple oh no's maybe. If you'll stand for the reading of God's word, reverence to that tonight. It says this. And Elisha died. I know we're starting off on a good note here. And they buried him. And the bands of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming end of the year. And it came to pass as they were burying a man that behold they spied a band of men and they cast him into the sepulcher of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, this is one of the very few times your Bible says this word, he revived and stood up on his feet. Let me just read that last portion there. And the man, and when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood upon his feet. Let us pray tonight. God, we come before you. We thank you for the worship in this house. We thank you for your word. Lord, that your word does not return void, but it is full of anointing. And Lord, we ask that your word go forth in that anointing. Penetrate hearts and lives. Let us have ears to hear, hearts to receive what your spirit has to say to us through your word. Jesus, we love you and we praise you. In your name, And the church says, amen. You may be seated. We come upon a scene in this chapter where the man of God is gone. No really other great way to put it. Elisha is gone. You can't really talk about Elisha. Pastor knows this. You can't really talk about Elisha without talking about Elijah. Uh, Elijah was the man of God the prophet of fire. He was the one that had the mantle that was wrapped around his neck. Elijah was the man that was taken up in a chariot of fire. He was the man that named Elisha his successor. He was... Elisha asked for a double portion of Elijah's anointing and Elisha experienced it. I know you're, you're wondering what my helpers are doing because I, I, I'm, I'm getting there because what I want you to understand is 
The Bible does not clearly tell us that there was a successor for Elisha. You know, Elisha had the mantle handed to him and given to him by the prophet Elijah, the, the great man of God. He, he was there. He saw him taken up in a chariot of fire. That anointing rested upon him. But again, like we talked about in our reading, the Bible says, and Elisha died and was buried. Turn to your neighbor and say, he gone. He ain't coming back. He's gone. He's just gone. Understand, no heir. The mantle seemed to die with him. And the kingdom, God's kingdom, his people, plummet into chaos. I will tell you something I've preached on many times before. I don't know why the Lord puts this on me, Brother Austin, but he, he does. And we're talking about mantles, and I know we have mantle time around here at PTC. Pastor Ronnie and his jackets, me and my jackets, they seem to fly when we talk about mantles. But it's important. It's very important because if there's no mantles, where does the anointing go? The anointing lays idle and does nothing. Understand, a Christian that does not walk in the authority that Christ has given them is not really doing anything for the kingdom of God. Understand, our, our Christian walk is more than a stamp to heaven. It is so we can live a victorious life on earth uh, and to lead others in the path uh, of Christ. Understand this, what, what you're probably wondering is what are they looking for? Let me ask you the same question. What is this generation looking for? What are these young adults, these teenagers, these great schoolers, what are they looking for? Because I don't know if you've noticed and you turn on the TV and you get on YouTube, it doesn't take long to understand that a generation is searching for something real. Searching for something uh, tangible, something uh, to, to, to change and alter their life. Uh, we live, you understand, you live in the most mentally sick generation there is statistically. There's more mental illness in this generation than any generation believed before it. Hear me, I, I'm not, I, I know it doesn't sound uh, super encouraging, but I told you we've got to confront some things. We, we want a faith where there's no confrontation. Understand, the fire does not come down on Mount Carmel unless Elijah comes out of a hiding and says, okay, uh, we're going to battle it out uh, and the God that answers by fire, let him be God. Uh, where are the people of God that'll stand up and say, you know what? Uh, let the God who answers by fire, by signs, uh, wonders, deliverance, uh, healing, redemption, let him be God. You don't get signs and wonders without confrontation. Right. We, we read about in Acts chapter 3 where, where Peter and John come into the temple. You, you, the, the man's asking for alms. Do you understand they confronted his sickness? Right. There is no deliverance. There's no signs or wonders without confrontation. But in the absence of Elisha, in the absence of the anointing, the people of God lost some things. Hear me tonight. 
I'm just going to be very honest with you. I'm going to preach you the truth in love. Turn to your neighbor and say, you might want to buckle up. This is, this is, the, this is the, stow, uh, the, the, the toe-stomping part of the message because, we, again, we've got to confront some things. So here's the deal. There's some things that, that these young people, the, 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 this generation, these young adults, these teenagers, they're not seeing them happen. They're not experiencing. They're not encountering God because we've lost it. Where's the, where, where's the men and women of God that will, will say, you know what? Uh, my grandfather, my great-grandfather, my, my, myself, my mother, my, my father, we, we, we walked in this thing. And I know uh, we're in a generational house with Pastor Willie and Pastor Ron and the Russell family, and I thank God for that. But understand, there are some things missing in this generation. Uh, and understand, it's missing in this generation uh, because the church lost it. The church lost it. There's some things that we have walked away from. And I, I'm, I'm going to get into this text very deep here in a moment uh, because what we, we have is a generation, understand the Moabites, the Moabites trace all the way back to Lot. Anybody ever heard of Lot? He's got a lot that's messed up in his life, right? He, he committed incest. He started, he named his son Moab. Moab starts the Moabites. Uh, but I want you to get this. Uh, Lot is the nephew of Abraham, the man of promise, the man of faith. Uh, Lot is a man of godly roots. But yet we find the Moabites invading Israel and a generation full of pagans, full of idolatry. This is, this is Lot's great, great, great grandchildren. They're messed up. They're doing wicked things. They're doing wicked things in the sight of the Lord. But understand, we have a generation that's doing the same thing. They might as well be pagan. They're looking for hope. They lift up idols, this person, that person, this thing, that thing, social media, Snapchat, whatever it may be. We start lifting up all these things uh, and they are people that have godly roots uh, but they are not having godly encounters. There's many young people in this house you say, oh, I've been raised in church. You may have godly roots uh, but what will keep your children uh, is godly encounters. So the Moabites are coming into the land invading God's people because they don't know any better. They haven't seen anything haven't encountered anything. But here's what happens. There's a generation outside these walls that's dying. On these invasion trips, the Moabites begin to lose a man. The Bible says he dies. A lot of death in this little, these two verses. But understand with me tonight. A generation, they didn't even know if they were digging. They just knew that someone died. They was like, okay, we're going to dig a grave. They didn't know that they were going to encounter anything, but they started to dig. There's young people under the sound of my voice, and I know there, there's a few of you here that, that you say, well, I raised in church, and I know this, and I know that. Some of you are digging for something more, and you don't even know what you're digging for. But all of a sudden, something become unearthed. And they did not realize when they opened up that tomb, they discovered things that were lost. Because it died with Elisha. 
One of the things that they discovered and that we have lost in this time is just the difference. You say, what are you talking about, preacher? The difference. Difference is a point or a way in which people are not the same. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 18, Moses' message to the Israelites before they go into the promised land. He says, when thou art come into the land which the Lord God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. Can I just, can I just paraphrase that for you? He said, don't be like the world that you're about to go into. The Bible tells us this. We quote it all the time in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And he says, and I will be a father unto you. Ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. I understand what I have seen in the church. I've been raised in the church my whole life. But, but I want you to understand, Brother Austin, what I have seen is the church has lost being different we don't want to be different we want to be like everyone else understand when you come to Christ you have laid down your similarities to this world and you have put on a new identity in Christ therefore you will walk different you will talk different you will not do the things that the world does but the church lost something because we lost an anointing but difference, a synonym, very similar, something the church almost shudders to think, talk about holiness. Holiness, simply put by Peter in his writings in 1 Peter chapter 16, he says this, because it is written, be ye holy as I am holy. Talking about the Lord speaking to His people. We read it last night in opening this conference where we said, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Catch what He says, that third thing, a holy nation. We've lost holiness. Deuteronomy 18, I said something to you earlier about where Moses said you can't be like everybody else. He goes on to say, thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. In other words, what that word perfect means is you shall be found blameless in the image of God. In God, you shall be blameless. Uh, listen, I'm not preaching to you that you have to be perfect, uh, but I'm preaching to you that if you strive uh, for more of God, you will find things of your flesh falling off of your life. Right. Hear me tonight. This is the part where most preachers say, I ain't talking about how you dress, but I'm going to talk about it. Because we have to confront some things. Understand, I'm not saying we, we have to wear long sleeves and long dresses. That's not what I'm saying. But honey, listen, can I just be honest with you? I heard my mother give this advice to young girls in her ministry. Honey, if it's not for sale, don't advertise it like it is. Hear me. Hear me today. I'm not trying to be me. Young men, it don't have to be as tight as it can be. I never thought I'd have to preach to young men how to clothe themselves, but you have to in this day and hour. It doesn't have to be super tight. You don't have to show everybody what you got. We, we, we've got to come to a place where we're different and we walk in holiness. And I know holiness of the heart and of the mind is important, but understand when you get holiness of the mind and of the, and of the, the soul, you will get holiness in your body. Young ladies, hear me. You don't want the attention. If you want a man of God, 
Put some clothes on. You will find a man that has good intentions, good practices, good purposes. You will find a man that loves you for who you are and not what you can give him. But we've lost these things. We don't want to talk about them anymore because, because we, we don't want to be different and we don't want to be holy. But understand, we're not going to see any signs. We're not going to see any wonders. We're not going to see a generation pick up a mantle, pick up an anointing unless they realize I've got to be different and I've got to be holy. Yeah. I have to. But there's something else that we've lost in the church. And I, I've preached on a similar line before. I think I preached it down in Metamore for youth camp. But we're going to talk about it again. I, I, I promise we're getting, to, we're getting somewhere. But something we've lost in the church is boldness. We have a generation that's afraid to even lift their hands in worship. We have a generation that, I said it last night, that says, I can't, I can't pray over a meal. I will not, I will not pray over a meal. Understand, parents, grandparents, people of God, do you understand when your children's mouth stays shut and will not proclaim the wonderful works of God, if they don't proclaim it while they're in your house, they're not going to proclaim it when they're out of your house. Understand that? That's why I tell the young people all the time. I, I, what, something I loved uh, when I met Sierra is I, I put her to the test. I asked her to pray for me and she began to pray and there was anointing there. There was power there. And I understood I wanted someone that was going to pray with me right now uh, because I knew if they prayed for me while we were dating, uh, they were going to pray for me while we were married. Understand the same principle. You've got to be willing to be bold. I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what Paul said. I'm not ashamed to be different. I'm not ashamed to live holy. Listen, holiness is not a badge of honor that says, look, I dress better than you. I look better than you. No, holiness is brought through humility. But we have to have the boldness to walk in indifference, walk in holiness, and we have to walk in boldness, young people, where we're not afraid to worship. We're not afraid to pray. We're not afraid to get up. And as Brother Austin preached last night, say, I'll do it, Pastor. I'll help you. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever you need. Understand, we have a generation that is more comfortable dancing for strangers on TikTok than getting loose in the presence of God. It's despicable. You can say, oh, you're so mean. Understand, uh, understand. I, I, I get, I'm not saying uh, that we're doing terrible things. Uh, I'm saying social media can be used in the right way. Absolutely. Uh, but we have a generation uh, that is more comfortable, uh, more comfortable in the club uh, than in the house of God. You say, what? well, God is house is supposed to be reverence and holy. Absolutely, 110%. But you're telling me, David, the man after God's own heart, just began to dance before the Lord. He had a crown on his head. He had purple garments on his back. But as he began to praise, he said, my title doesn't matter. There's my crown. There's my garments. I'm here to worship the Lord. His wife said, you look like a fool. He says, I wasn't doing it for you. I was doing it for God. Where's that boldness? 
Where's that boldness, young people? You, you think Jade and, and Brother Austin just woke up one day and got a loud voice and started hacking and spitting all over people? That's not how it happened. What happened is we had an encounter. Yes, we had godly roots, but we had an encounter. Where's the boldness? Where's the boldness? But boldness leads to something else that Elijah and Elisha were very comfortable operating in. That's the anointing. That's the anointing. I thank God that we go to a church where our pastor's anointed, our worship team's anointed. I thank God for that. Understand, I said it the other night. I said it the other night and I'll say it again. Other churches don't have that. And there's, and listen, I, and it doesn't matter. I'm not saying small churches that don't have the resources. I've been to some big churches that you might as well just, just to put Elton John on the stage and let him sing because they're just entertainers. That's all they are. Just because you're talented doesn't mean you're anointed. But I thank God there's anointing in this house, but understand this young people, young adults, there's an anointing for your life. There's an anointing for your life. And we've lost these things because understand, the anointing is what breaks the yoke. That's what Isaiah 10 tells us. Uh, the, Jesus stood up in the temple in Luke chapter 4 and he says, the Lord has anointed me. First uh, Samuel chapter 16 tells us uh, that Samuel emptied the horn of oil on David and from that time on, the spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. Young people, there is an anointing. There is a power. Uh, there is a Holy Spirit baptism uh, that you're missing. We don't emphasize it anymore. You want to know what breaks my heart, Brother Brad, almost more than anything? There's two things. One, when a sinner does not respond to the call. It's dangerous. The calling, the conviction of the Holy Spirit wooing them. But you want to know what else that grieves me almost more? Is seeing a believer given the opportunity when the preacher says... If you're seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come forward and no one moves. Because we're afraid. I don't want to speak in a heavenly language. Understand, Jesus' disciples did. And He didn't even let them go into the whole world until they encountered this. I, you, you say, are, are you saying Holy Ghost or nothing? I'm not saying Holy Ghost or nothing. I believe there's a difference between salvation and being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe that. But understand this, understand this. We have a generation, they don't know what it is. Well, mom does it. But mom, have you ever sat down and say, here, here is the scripture. Here's the scripture. Here's what happened. Fathers, you, you may see it, but do you see your children doing it? Where, where's the fathers that say, here is what happened. Ava says, they're speaking English. They're speaking English. But I, 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 what, what me and Sarah began to do is, honey, that is the Holy Spirit. That, is a, that is, is a moving of the Holy Spirit. It's not the only move of the Holy Spirit. But I will tell you what your children need is an encounter with the Holy Ghost. And they need a prayer language. Because there are times that you have experienced. You didn't know what to pray. You didn't know what to say. But you begin to pray. You begin to intercede. And then the Holy Spirit rose up within you. And you begin to speak in a heavenly language. And all 
all of a sudden you were touching heaven uh, and you felt heaven coming to earth uh, and you felt the peace of God, uh, the grace of God, uh, the power of God, the anointing of God. The anointing of God comes through the Holy Spirit. It's been lost. A generation, just like, like these young people, these young married couples, they were looking all over the place. They didn't even know. They didn't even know. The Moabites started digging. They were digging a grave, but they didn't even understand what they were about to unearth. They discovered a mantle. They discovered something, Brother Brad, that had been lost. But that's not all. My helpers, you can sit down. Emma, if you want to come to the music. Give them a hand tonight. These Moabites, these people of godly heritage, but it went astray, not, not having no godly encounters. Lost. began to dig. They began to see other men and said, listen, we've got to make quick work of this. The Bible says they cast the dead man in to the grave. And in their mind, they just uncovered something that was dead and gone. But they did not realize they actually uncovered something that was waiting to be opened. Something that had been covered up, they uncovered. They threw that young man into a tomb, a place of death. you have to understand in your spiritual walk with the Lord when you come to the end of yourself that's where revival begins because in order for something to be revived something has to die this young man this Moabite been running with the world a lot of these young people running with the world have godly heritage and had no godly encounters Lost, looking, but lost. This young man, just like so many young people in our day and in our hour, died. His friends knew it was over. They cast him into the tomb. They sang it tonight, and I thought it was so fitting. I didn't know they was going to learn that, and then they started learning. it. Emma was like, hey, when, when do you want Courtney to sing that song? I said, I want you to sing it Saturday because I'm talking about the man cast on Elisha's bones. That's how God works. They threw him into a grave. Didn't see anything special. Brad. I can see in that grave. 
when the Lord gave me this message, I, I just tell you, I, I, Brother Brad built this. Him and his boys built this. And I said, I could just see a hillside that they had to remove the rubble. They uncovered a grave. When the Lord, Brother Austin, began to give me this message, it's like I could see the body, the bones. Laying in this grave. But around those bones was wrapped a mantle that had died with a man of God. And they were just, you know, hey, another one died. We just we're gonna we're gonna throw them out. Because understand this, young people, you run with the world long enough, you'll have fun for a season, but then they'll They'll, they'll, they'll run you high and dry. You'll be dead and gone and they'll just cast you out. This world wants you to think they love you. But understand this world is controlled by the prince of the power of the air which is Satan himself and he comes to steal, to kill and destroy. All these things they'll kill you. This world does what it did through this young man in. And I believe he not only touched the bones of Elisha, but he touched a mantle. And a young Moabite boy that had godly roots but never had godly encounter, as, as the Roman writer says, Paul says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, he says, the Holy Spirit shall quicken. That word in the Greek means it shall energize your mortal body. And all of a sudden, uh, this young man was thrown into this tomb uh, and he comes out, Whoop! What was that? What was that? I can just see him looking at his friends. Uh, what, what happened to me? What, what's going on? Uh, young people, uh, can I just tell you, keep digging. Uh, keep removing all the things. Uh, keep digging. Uh, keep, keep removing the, 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 the rubble. Uh, keep removing the, the bad relationships. Uh, keep moving all this de demonic and carnal stuff uh, and you will discover uh, there is a revival for you uh, that is to be uncovered. The Bible said he was revived. He was revived. A man who was dead was revived. Church, we've lost some things. But I believe in this generation. I believe the difference is coming back. I believe holiness is coming back. I believe boldness is coming back. I believe anointing is coming back and I believe it's coming back because there's a generation that they don't even realize it. They've just been seeking. They don't know what they're seeking for, but they have uncovered something in the Word of God. Young people, if you want more, open up your Bible. Spend time praying. Spend time reading because I tell you, you may not know what you're looking for, but keep digging into the Word of God. Keep digging in in prayer and you will find yourself on fire. Here's what I find most fascinating about this story. Pastor can correct me if I'm wrong, but some of the studying I've done, Elisha asked for a double portion. He died one miracle short. The Bible talks about 14 wondrous acts that Elijah did, 27 that Elisha did. 
and he died. Jaden, it was incomplete, right? And there's people out there. There's people out there that will say this. I've heard this. Because I want you to understand, Elisha represents a generation that is dying. I'm not saying that mean. I've talked about it many times. Generals of the faith are leaving. They're, they're going to home to inherit their reward. And I've said it like this. There's mantles all over just waiting to be picked up. Elisha died and I had no heir. I had no one to give it to. And he died with one promise, yet unfulfilled. The double portion. And understand, there's promises that God gave Pastor Willie. I believe that. I believe there's promises that God gave my mother before she passed. I believe there's promises that, that God has given many saints of God before they passed and they never saw it. Elisha never saw it. But you know how those, those promises and those miracles come to pass is when a generation begins to pull back the rubble. Begin to dig Elisha was dead in body. I wonder if the Lord allowed him to see from that holding place beyond the grave that young man cast into that tomb. And God looked at him and said, I didn't fail you. Because you thought you came short. You fell short. But that promise wasn't for you. That promise was for another generation. that generation came in contact with an anointing there became an awakening there became a revival young people elders alike you may be a parent in this, this room and you say God has called me years ago and I have just resisted the call we, we can pray for you I sense in my spirit is revival is being uncovered. There's mantles being discovered. And there's young people, you don't even think you got the boldness yet. But God's just whispering to you, pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. God, I can't fill those shoes. Pick it up. Understand, you're not made to fill anybody's shoes. You're made and called to be uniquely you. You're not filling shoes. You're just walking in the same path. But hear me, I think revival's being uncovered. And I'm here to ask you two things. Are you searching? young people search and they search I tell you young people you run yourself ragged looking to other things you'll never be satisfied me and brother Austin can testify you'll never be satisfied 
until you surrender to God, you'll never be satisfied. Ever. Ever. You're searching for something real. Some of you don't even know what you're searching for other than I want, I need something. You say you're searching. It's in God's word. I, I want to pray with you tonight. That's you. I want you to come. But secondly, if you're here tonight, you say, I know there's a mantle in my life. I know there's a call and a purpose for my life, and I may not even know what it is, but I feel that there's a godly heritage that God has given me, and I need to start walking in some godly encounters. I want you to come. this, Gloria knows this I had a dream I'm one of them guys that I dream quarterly throughout the year, I probably have four or five dreams a year, that's about it I had a dream about a moment that happened in real life years ago and I was in uh, Waynesville, Ohio preaching for my uncle, Pastor Tim Noble. Blakeland's saying my name over here. But if I go to pick her up, she won't let me pick her up. She just likes to say my name. But I was in Waynesville, Ohio, preaching for my uncle, Pastor Tim Noble. Uh, I'm, I'm a spiritual father, mentor to me and Brother Austin. Great man of God. I was filling in for him. and I had a little aunt that was there, faithful woman of God, my Aunt Emma. I didn't plan on telling this tonight. I didn't plan on telling it to her then, but there was a moment my, and I, I talk about this a lot, and, and the young people, the home folk know this. When my mother was passing away, we were in an ICU room. I will tell you this, I, there's a lot of things I don't understand. In my life, that's one of them. I, don't, I may not understand everything. But we were in that ICU room, and I remember my, my father and my brother had said their, their wishes and their final words to my mother, and I remember my father turning to me. I haven't really talked about these moments much. And he looked at me, and he said, you need to, you need to say something to your mom. I said, okay. So I leaned up my cheek next to her cheek I just said mama it's okay you can go it's alright I want you to go it's okay I love you it's very simple I remember out of nowhere my little Aunt Emma stood up and she's little we're <laughs> also know she's little sweet as she can be up she began to speak in tongues and I, I dreamed about this I totally forgot she laid her hand on my head on my mother's head she began to pray in the spirit for about three or four minutes I'd totally forgotten about it until I dreamed it about a month ago I'd say 
felt like the Lord told me, talk to some people I trust. And the Lord told me, you need to pray for an interpretation of that tongue. Called a family member that was there. He said, I'm going to tell you something. Because young people, this, I'm, I'm not telling you to say, oh, Jade's anything special. That's not what I'm here to tell you. I'm here to tell you that you may have a godly heritage, but there's also a godly anointing. I had a godly heritage. It was my brother. He said, Jade, make no mistake. You hear me. Make no mistake. What God started in our mother, He will complete in you. He said, in that moment, Jade, you hear me. Sang it with confidence, weeping on the other end of the phone. He said, God was taking a mantle off a woman of God and he was placing it on you. A young man didn't really want to surrender fully to the call. Knew I was called. But God brought that back to me. And then he brought this message to me because young people, many of you, many of you are, are from the lineage of, of Willie Russell. Do you understand his mantle is not just for Pastor Ron? It's not just for Pastor Ron and his family. It is. It's not just for, for my daughters and my wife and Michaela and Keaton and Emma. It's not just for them. It's for the, the entire family. What rested on Louise and, and Willie, it's for you. But if you say, I'm here and I'm not related, many of you have godly heritage and it's for you. Not just the heritage. I'm talking about the authority, the boldness, the holiness, the difference, uh, the power. It's for you. You've just got to discover what God has been calling you to discover. You have to uncover what God has for you. God brought me back to a moment. Stand with me. And I want him to bring you back to this moment. So if you're here and you say, I'm looking, I'm looking. You say, I'm here and I know I'm called. But I need that boldness. I need that consecration, that difference. That, that's what brings it about. Difference in holiness comes through consecration, humility. that's you tonight come I'd encourage all the young adults teenagers grade schoolers come I, I want you to come parents if your kids up here come I, I know I did that last night I'll do it again tonight but come Hey everyone, thanks for watching. I hope this message blessed you. And if you could, please check the description below for all of our links to our social medias. Um, and as always, check our page. You'll see all of our previous messages there. Uh, I hope this message again blessed you and uh, reached you where you're at. And thanks for watching. See you soon.